0: Welcome to this week's episode of Bricks and Mortar. I'm joined again today by Nick Carman, Partnership Director at McDonald's and Company, a specialist recruitment consultancy for the real estate and built environment sectors for the second in our careers trilogy. In the first episode, Nick and I explored the best ways to begin a job search in the sector, and today we look at how to make the most of LinkedIn and other online tools to optimise that search. Nick, great to have you back for part two today. Thank you for sparing the time.
1: Oh, the more than welcome. I'm uh, looking forward to it, Sarah. I can't, I can't say the nerves have dipped at all. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm sort of getting more comfortable.
0: Good stuff. Last time we spent... The majority of our time looking at getting the search underway and the value that contact building can bring to that process. One thing we didn't delve into, but we touched on a little bit, was how to build connections in an online environment and really how to market yourself via platforms such as LinkedIn. And another one, which I must confess is fairly new to me, is, is the video CV. So I'd be really interested in exploring a little bit more about both of those today. So perhaps you can start by telling me how important are those platforms compared to some of the traditional methods that we talked about last week, such as the CV and a covering letter?
1: Okay. so at the start of the first recording, I I said a CV is a very important piece within your armoury when you are considering a new move. But I did say I think it is waning. And I think probably LinkedIn is is the greatest contributor to why a traditional CV is waning. To your sort of question about how important is it? Well, a little like the CV, I think it is a very important tool. It would not be impossible to move jobs without it, but it's certainly a lot easier if if you can make the most of it.
0: As a recruiter, then, I mean, to what extent... Do you actually rely on it? I mean, you you say people can make the moves without it. But to what extent is it an important tool for people working in recruitment?
1: So I think the recruitment industry has had a bit of sort of a a love-hate relationship with LinkedIn. In its early origins, I think the idea of being an open platform for people to network and find their own jobs, share their CVs, really struck fear in the heart of a lot of medium to large size recruitment company owners so i think an awful lot of people were extremely wary of it and there's stories of lots of different sort of recruitment companies trying to set up their own networks around the same sort of time to try and sort of ring fence that now linkedin has won out of of all those and i think probably as ever the recruitment world has had to evolve and has had to harness it although i'd struggle to Put a figure on this i think probably the recruitment industry is now the greatest supporter of linkedin certainly through sort of advertising revenue it is incredibly important because it it gives us a chance to do our research our due diligence that little easier nowadays finding out about people's backgrounds finding out a little bit more about the job titles where someone's been their education Uh, as i said you know this this is now out there in the public domain whereas previously the only way to do this was through really sort of hard-nosed investigation, networking, and hours and hours of time. So it definitely helps, no matter whether you're a, a small to a large re- recruitment or search practice, depending on your proficiency within that market, probably depends on, again, how much you rely on that as, as a resource.
0: You mentioned that LinkedIn sort of won out over a number of other platforms. Are there other platforms that you would rely on, or do you primarily go to
1: LinkedIn? I've got to hold my hands up here because I I thought you might ask me this. So I I went, I reverted to Google and just put in what are the alternatives to LinkedIn? And it came up with their top 10. and I didn't recognize a single one. So that probably says that probably says a lot. It is is an absolute monopoly.
0: Okay, I know we'll we'll come back to video CVs in a moment because I am interested to find out a little bit more about that. But you talk about getting the most out of LinkedIn. How can people do that?
1: Okay. So if you think about LinkedIn, um, we keep talking about being sort of an open source, this this sort of open network in in public. I think probably if you are now thinking about it to use it as a a job hunting tool, we'll start thinking about it like your shop window. It's got to look smart. You've got to have the best photograph there in the first instance. You've got to have your experience in detail. Just like when we talked about the CV, making sure that that comes through not just as a simple job description, but your achievements, the value you've added there as well. Be able to give someone an, an impression of exactly what you do and how well you can do it in as quick a time as possible. And once more buzzwords you know, phrases that you think someone might be looking for within that certain experience is once more really, really important. Think about your experience. Think about your job description, your colleagues, what you might be looking for when you're looking for that, that next role. And just make sure then that your profile then is brimming with these words and phrases in order to help the LinkedIn algorithm, which a lot of the recruiters rely on very, very heavily in order to do that initial SIP and those, those initial searches can bring you to the very top of that pile.
0: And aside then from presenting your experience, making sure that you've got the buzzwords in there and so on, once you're happy with your page, how else can you be using LinkedIn as a job seeker to really extract maximum use from it?
1: Okay, so if you're asking yourself this question now, I think you're probably now within some of the better users of LinkedIn, because most people will provide that page, update that and then sit back and let LinkedIn do the rest of the work. As the name suggests, you know, this is a network. If you're not participating, you're falling below in terms of those more active users. So think about your group, your connections. Think about how you can participate within that group. And One of my favourites is using the follow button. So lots and lots of people will be looking to connect to friends, family, colleagues, people they've worked with in the industry. And, and all, all that is, is strongly encouraged to grow those connections. Absolutely. But there's also lots of people you would love to connect with who may well be just out of reach. People you think what might be the the ideal person or somebody who might run the organization you would dream to work for. Now, the follow button is a lovely little subtle way in order to connect with these guys, because once you follow them, their content, their information, what they're looking at, what they're talking about, starts appearing on your feed. It gives you an opportunity then to chip in, gives you an opportunity then to spark up a conversation. And I think that is a really, really great way in in order to use that network because it's informal. It's quite social. It's quite similar to the lines of how we might want to take part in a normal conversation in a in a real world sort of networking event. And it will guarantee that you'll be one of the few people, I think, who are using that on a regular basis if you take part. So it's a really good example. If you're working with, let's say, within uh, within real estate and you're an asset manager, an agency professional or, or a developer, and you would love to work for one of those top commercial developers, follow the several of their chief execs and their senior directors. And the next time they pop on then onto LinkedIn to celebrate a recent success or a recent project, make sure you comment on it. Say Tell them what you think of it. Then follow up them with, with a note after just saying, any chance I get a sneaky peek and have, have a look around? And it's a lovely sort of informal icebreaker. Chances are they'll probably take you up on it. It's something they're proud of. It's something they'll probably really enjoy talking about. And now you've got an opportunity then to meet and greet someone who's got the potential then to make a real difference to your career.
0: So you would recommend then if you were perhaps someone who didn't know the industry at all, who was just starting out and trying to get that first step on the ladder, that it's well worth doing your due diligence, having a look at the potential companies that you would want to work for, and then just, you know, tentatively making a few connections and seeing where that leads.
1: Definitely, definitely. Using that follow button, using those connections. If we're talking about someone who's maybe starting out an industry or someone who's got a relatively sort of poor appreciation of of who the movers and shakers are, then there's probably an initial step that someone can take. Now, LinkedIn is full of groups. And groups are networking smaller, let's say, sort of communities within the LinkedIn platform. And no doubt, Estates Gazette has got its own communities, as does Rix and Reba, and you name it, there is thousands of varieties of, sort of real estate and property professional sort of groups for, for each sort of specialism. Start there. Make sure you join, and once more, make sure you're participating. And I, I don't think there is a better way of getting started than, than a, quite a really nice, disarming comment saying, I'm looking to learn more about this industry. I'm recently graduating or I'm looking to start a career within real estate. And people, I think, love to help. I think they would love to share in terms of how they got started. So I'd wholly recommend people get involved in doing just that.
0: I presume that there must be an awful lot of LinkedIn profiles that look quite similar. People got broadly comparable amounts of experience and so on. How does somebody go about really making them
1: stand out above the crowd? I think it's probably it's less about what they write down and and how they then interact within LinkedIn. So if you really want to elevate that profile, Mm. start engaging with other people in your industry. Because once more, once I've read someone's profile and then looking to see has anyone recommended them. And LinkedIn is a great place whereby you can be really cheeky and ask your contacts for to recommend you. Mm. You It is looking for testimonials. Once more, I'm looking and see how active maybe someone has posted. If I'm looking for someone with experience in, say, sort of build to rent or in commercial development, is someone taking an active interest in that field? Is someone part of those groups? Is someone actively posting? Is someone then looking for answers to questions about that topic? Have they shown a real interest in in what I want to do? Going back to the conversation about CB, we want to try and de-risk that hiring decisions. Someone who's got a passion and interest, someone who's engaging in, in that is a much lower risk than someone who hasn't. So make it easy for me.
0: Really then to conclude on, on the LinkedIn. I mean, to what extent should people use LinkedIn as part of their job search? I mean, what sort of proportion of your job search time that you've allocated should really be devoted to building communities and following and and really putting your efforts into that channel versus perhaps you know working to bolster your traditional cv perhaps calling around recruitment agencies and so on
1: i think that's a really good question i think that's probably a question that linkedin might be asking themselves at the moment because as well as linkedin i've got three other apps now on my on my phone that have that have got some similarities And I'm by no means a particular IT proficient person, but I think it gives an idea in terms of what is happening. They are Guild, Mighty Networks and Clubhouse. And these are three different apps whereby I've been encouraged to sign up because it's a group who I enjoy the conversation with. And they have subsequently then taken their conversations out of place about LinkedIn and taken it to these private settings, whereby you need to be a member. You need a certain sort of password to, to get in, you need to be invite, invited in. And they're much, much smaller networks, of course, they are. They're in the, the dozens of the hundreds, but it's a more focused group. So I think that is possibly then something to consider when we're talking about that armory, is making sure you are a part of, of some of those more sort of closed networks in order to really gain some really insightful opportunities about what's going to happen next. After that, now just again, just to put it into balance, it is just one tool within your armoury. The CV is incredibly important. Those connections with those recruiters, I think, will be absolutely crucial for someone who is spending all day long within your area, with your speciality, listening and talking to the leaders of that sector about what opportunities might be available for you.
0: One of the other aspects of the job search that you touched on last week was the video CV. And I'm really interested to find out a little bit more about that. It's not something that I'm terribly familiar with. I know you mentioned it's often hosted via YouTube as a platform. Can you tell me a little bit more about how that works and, and why it's suddenly become more popular?
1: We have also been really interested in about sort of video Cving for quite some time, but in many ways it is never taken off. It's been awkward or inconvenient. A CV has always done. A CV followed by a coffee has always been sufficient and it's beaten out the, the need then for that video CV. Well, until March of 2020, of course, when that meeting, that informal meeting has just not been on the cards. So we've seen an absolute boom in the use of video CVs. This opportunity to elevate your ability to get to the top of those shortlists in really short terms. So, yes, there's there's several sort of platforms like YouTube to give you the ability to do this on a DIY basis. And I think that's probably been most engaged by people within the design and the architectural community using (laughs) those facilities to host portfolios and talks with their work. But take, for example, my employer, McDonald Company, we have committed a huge amount of investment now into our own video platform. And on average now, one in three of the opportunities which we manage is entirely video CV portal. So we're asking candidates typically two or three questions in a video room through Teams or Zoom or something of that sort. And we are recording the answers. And then we attach that then with the CV, apply it to our, our portal where we host these. And then inviting our clients to then to come and have a look using just a simple link. It's been a real eye opener for us over the past sort of six months, because there's lots and lots of, I suppose, sort of preconceived ideas. Could we generally run a search for a new MD using a video CV? Are there issues around diversity? Are there uh, issues about people just saying no? And it's it's, it's going to be able to you know, slow us up and, or, or worse, make it make it a, um, a poorer candidate pool as a consequence. We've learned a huge amount in that six months and really quick answers to those those first three questions are that actually the benefits to both the the employer and the candidate means that you save a huge amount of time as a consequence. You're putting forward your your best foot. You're explaining what you're looking for in much more detail than a black and white CV ever could. And so you don't need to take that time going through a formal interview process if you don't think that's right for you and vice versa. Our clients no longer need to do those same meet and greets. The issues around diversity inclusion, I think that's been a a fantastic result for us, not something we expected. Being able to invite someone into the interview room and see what their energy is, what their enthusiasm is, what traits we think we can see then as their presenting style, Suddenly, this is now prioritised above where someone's gone to school or where someone was born or where someone happens to be working. So actually, we've seen these have actually been able to boost diversity and inclusion within what's previously been a really, really difficult pool or, or let's say, sort of low on options within of sort of people of ethnic diversity. And then finally, is it just, uh, damaging or limiting our, our ability to reach? Well, once someone's understood those first two points, they're normally pretty willing to get on board and give it a go.
0: If a candidate is potentially asked to come and record some video footage in, in response to maybe three or four key questions, what sort of principles do they need to think about before they go ahead and, and record something? I mean, is there a particular language they need to be thinking about, you know, or the way they present themselves or how how would it work? How do they position themselves?
1: Well, once more, put yourself in the, in the position of the person who's going to be reviewing this, whether that's the recruiter or the, or the hiring manager. And do they want to see you at the end of the day in a dimly, dimly lit room when, you've, when you're rather lackluster? No, they don't. Uh, they want to see you in a nicely uh, bright lit room you know, when you are absolutely sort of full, of, full of muster and be able to, to really demonstrate your energy, enthusiasm for where they work and what work you're going to be carrying on. But beyond that, in terms of the content, again, you can do some pretty basic interview techniques here. Make sure you've researched that organisation. Make sure you've researched them, the person you're, you're pitching to, the, people, the person who you think is going to be reviewing this. Make sure you've checked out their LinkedIn. Make sure you've checked out the news feed on, on their website. Do they have a blog? Do they have a regular content? Are there news articles that feature them? Bring all this into that interview, bring all this into that that opportunity to say as to why you're looking then for an opportunity to this organisation or why you've thought this this might be something of real interest. And you'll feel a lot more rapport.
0: The video um, as a medium really took off then from March last year. Do you think it's something that's here to stay?
1: I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, It was an experiment on our part, not other people within the recruitment industry, but the experience we've gained over the last six months. For both parties, both that time saving, the ability to, to be able to film this at our homes or, or close close by without having to commit then to interviews, crossing town, traffic, all that downtime and sort of the inconvenience or the worries of being bumping into a colleague, I think have made this really, really easy. And I think the ability now to lift, as we've said, you know, the C V has got some major sort of detractors right, because it's just not being able to adapt and evolve this feels now a more natural progression and whilst we've all now suddenly become very familiar with Teams and Zoom I think we've lost a lot more of our sort of video inhibitions that we might previously have had so I think it is absolutely here today.
0: And for anyone who's sat there today listening in and currently staring at a blank screen and really wondering how to get going on creating a profile what final thoughts would you have for them?
1: The easiest way I think is maybe pick up the phone to an expert you know pick up your phone to someone like ourselves a McDonald's company or anyone else within the industry who's got the experience and pick their brains they might well have a platform that would help you to get started they might well have then some some really sort of solid tips depending on where you are in your career and, and what parts of the industry you're looking for as well there's no need to do it all all on your own I think there's a lot of help out there you just got to ask for them.
0: Would you expect if you were looking for example at a LinkedIn page would you expect to see some links to video content can you see that there will be a greater integration of the two going forward
1: yeah i think and i think that's already happening so as as well as the ability to send a connection or to send a message through linkedin now it gives you the option would you like to send an audio note or would you like to send a video note attached so i think that that is already happening Mm -hmm. Um, and and no doubt they'll, they'll know better in terms of how much or how easy that's been adopted i think that's That is um, just one other way of then of cutting through that noise, making sure that your voice is heard rather than somebody else's is doing something a little differently.
0: All right. Nick Carmen, thank you very much indeed for joining me today. It's it's been really nice to touch base again and just to hear a little bit more about how you can progress your job search.
1: Thanks very much for having me, Sarah.
0: Pleasure. Look forward to speaking to you again in two weeks time for the final part of our careers trilogy, which will explore how to present yourself at the interview. That was Bricks and Mortar with Sarah Jackman. For more on developing a career in real estate, see the archive of the Bricks and Mortar series at popbean.com and the EGI archive
1: at egi.co.uk.